This podcast is rated PG-13 for parents cautioned. We encourage parent guidance for children under 13. You're listening to BearCast by ASF. Okay, so now we're going to welcome on stage a nerd who will be questioning the importance of grades. You might recognize him as your favorite or surprisingly short science teacher, but he's also an accomplished student from the University of Edinburgh and the University of Brown. Let's give a hand to Mr. Flores. Thank you, thank you. What is the purpose of going to school? I think that we can all agree that we go to school to learn. It should be straightforward, right? But I think that teachers and students are actually focusing more on the attainment of good grades than on the learning. And what is really dangerous about this is that we don't really realize that we are doing it. I have studied in four different countries and I have been a teacher at this school for over a year now. And I can tell you with no hesitation that everywhere I've been, learning is hiding. And getting good grades has taken the center stage. As a student, I always got good grades. In high school, I got 40 out of 42 points in my international baccalaureate diploma. And I finished my undergrad degree at Brown University with a GPA of 3.8. On paper, this sounds great. But I actually spent all of my time as a student stressed and completely overwhelmed because of grades. I was so worried about getting good scores that my memories of my learning experiences are not very positive. What I remember about learning are all of the sleepless nights that I spend just cramming information for an exam or the hours and hours and hours that I spend doing homework just because of the grade that was going to go with it. After graduating, I erased all of those memories, but last year that I returned to school, now as a teacher, it all came back. It's heartbreaking to see how we say that the purpose of education is the learning, but we have turned our schools into grading centers where learning, more often than not, happens as a byproduct of our evaluations. But as I said, we don't really, really, we don't really realize that we are doing it. We say that we focus on the learning, but do we? Let's actually think about it and let's allow our actions to speak louder than words. Teachers, how many times do we approach a student who is struggling in our classes and we tell them that we are concerned about their grades rather than telling them that we're concerned about their learning? Or how often do we take an assignment or an exam and we just grade it and we give it back to students with just a numerical score without any qualitative feedback, without saying anything about the actual learning? But this is not something exclusive to teachers. The same thing has happened to students. Let's see. Students. How often do you worry more about the grade that you got in an exam or in an assignment rather than wor worrying about whether or not you actually understood the topic? Or how often do you only worry about the learning that is happening in your classes when you're about to have an exam? My purpose today is not to argue whether or not we should use grades. Grades are a reality and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Instead, I want to invite you to think critically about what grades are how we use them, and the role that they play in our classrooms, so that we can act accordingly and be truthful to the fact that the purpose of education must be the learning, not the grades. For this, let's briefly jump back in time and think about the origin of grades. Throughout the 19th century, universities were trying to come up with a method to classify student achievement. 
The idea was to be able to find what students who had passed the course, what students hadn't passed the course, and those bright students who were above average. But all of this was happening while the Industrial Revolution was completely transforming the world. Our society started to become obsessed with the idea of productivity, and educational institutions became the main source of skilled laborers for industrial work. All of this, of course, had an impact on education, so then grades sought to identify the most skilled and productive individuals for the new industrial reality. In fact, the legacy of industrial revolution is still quite present in the vocabulary we use at schools today. We say that in order to be successful, students must work hard, do their home work, and perform well in tests and exams. Work, home, work, and perform well in tests and exams. But this is actually a recipe for productivity, not necessarily for high quality learning. Time passed, and today grades are not only central in our classrooms, but also we have done our very best to standardize them so that we can use them outside of our classrooms. We now use grades to measure and compare students, teachers, schools, sometimes even entire school districts. And while it is true that using grades for benchmarking purposes does have many advantages, this has also had some unintended consequences. The most dangerous one is that grades have acquired such a great importance in our society that they now appear to be a determinant factor for success in life. Students must showcase their GPAs when applying to universities, and sometimes even entry-level jobs as applicants for the school transcripts. When I was a student, I really thought that I was never going to get into a good university or that I was never going to get a job if I didn't get straight A's in all my classes. What this means is that when students are thinking about their grades, they're not really thinking about their learning. What they're actually thinking about is how all of those grades might determine their success, the success that they will, have, they will have later on in the future. And perhaps this wouldn't be too much of a problem if grades were able to truly convey what a student has truly learned in their classes. But we must accept that that is not always the case. Grades are often linked to busy work, road learning, pure memorization, and as such, they are measures of productivity, as we said, not of learning. So, I know that no one is doing this on purpose, so if this is not what we want, we must change the way we do things. We must change the way we do things. I don't have a miraculous solution to achieve this, but there are a few things that we can do to start walking in the right direction. Firstly, we must recognize and put an end to the toxic dynamics that our focus on grades has created. We have trapped ourselves in so many vicious cycles that keep feeding our focus on grades that the only way we can escape them is if we work together, teachers and students. Let me give you an example of one of those vicious cycles. Last year in one of my classes, I gave my students an ungraded assignment. The idea was for them to be able to practice what we were learning in class without the pressure of grades. Another teacher told me that students were not going to do it if it was not graded, but I still decided to go for it. Guess how many students did the assignment? Only two. Two out of 70. We are so focused on grades that if an assignment is not going to be reflected in the gradebook, no one pays attention to it. But it turns out that it makes sense. It does make sense because students are buried in busy work that is graded. So after four or five hours of homework, who in the right mind would want to do one more assignment just for the fun of it? 
But we are so entrenched in this mentality that even when students do have time, no one pays attention to assignments that are not graded. So then we as teachers must assign a grade to everything if we want students to put any effort into their assignments. The only way we can escape this is by working together. Last year, in one of my classes, at the end of the year, some students approached me and they told me that they had really enjoyed my class because I had been there to learn with them, not just to evaluate them. As teachers, there's a lot that we can do to support students in their learning. For example, we must stop weaponizing grades as a means of compliance, and we really must eradicate busy work. We can work with students to make sure that the learning purposes of our assignments are clear, and that students are not overworked so that they can actually focus on their learning. But students must also do their part and come to school for their learning, not for the grades. Come to class and be engaged in our classes. Enjoy the material. Savor your readings, your research projects, your lab reports, your class discussions. But do it for the learning, not for the grades. Grades should follow the learning and not the other way around. And as I said, as teachers, we can do a lot to support students in this. For starters, we must make sure that our grades are a true reflection of students' learning and not just of productivity. Our assignments and evaluations must support students in their learning rather than just quantifying the amount of memorization or the amount of work done. Instead, our grades should be a feedback mechanism, a feedback mechanism that lets them make mistakes, learn from them, and improve with every iteration. And for this, qualitative feedback is essential, and numerical score is not enough. But I know that this requires a lot of work from teachers, a lot of work. Even with the way things currently work, a 24-hour day never seems to be enough to finish all of the things that we have to do. Believe me, I know this. Even with the way things currently work, if I want to give uh, individual feedback to each of my students, I won't be able to do it just because days are not 48 hours long. However, I am convinced that if we work together, if we work together, we can find creative solutions to all these issues. During the past few weeks, I have had amazing conversations with teachers and students about great ideas on how to improve learning. We should be sharing these ideas. We should be creating a community in which collaboration happens on a regular basis and not just in sporadic conversations. As we share these great ideas, students can be part of that process. We don't have to do it all by ourselves. I've been approached by students who have told me that they are really interested in working with me as teaching assistants. But we generally ask TAs to help us with grading. It would be amazing if we worked with them to improve how learning happens in our classes. Still, I know that even, even if we change all that and we improve all of that, grades will continue to appear, to appear to be a determinant factor for success in life. But we really must stop sending that message and remember that good grades can open doors, definitely. But they are completely useless if they don't go together with the actual learning. They're real reasons why we come to school. The real determinant factors for success in life are critical thinking, creativity, emotional intelligence, communication skills, and a deep understanding of the world we live in. Those are the real reasons why we come to school. A good GPA can get your foot in the door, definitely. But being successful in life actually depends on all the things that I just talked about, on what you know and what you can do, not on a number in a transcript. So if this is the case, 
then we must build a community together that truly believes in this. We should set up honor roles that reward students for their intellectual curiosity or that recognize students who went above and beyond what was expected of them, regardless of their GPA. We should really be praising each other for our critical thinking and our creativity. If instead we are labeling students as A students or B students, we are sending the message that we only care about their scores. Instead, we should be seeking to celebrate learning rather than forcing it to hide behind scores. We should remember that education is more than just a number. Thank you. That's all for today. Stay tuned for the next episode. 